You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Tiger Nation. Welcome to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right, five days a week, bringing you a daily glance into Clemson Athletics, including the number one team in the country. This Thursday episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Busy, busy episode, plenty to get to today as I continue to give you a look into what's going on this week around Clemson football. I'm going to have a uh, news and notes segment coming up here. Take a look at what's going on around the football team, including what Dabo Swinney had to say about some injuries and update you on the backup quarterbacks. Also, going to get into the Syracuse Orange a little bit. What happened? I mean, it seems like this is a, a team, a program that was on the rise, and all of a sudden it feels like now they've dropped off the face of the ACC earth. And I'll try to make sense of where Syracuse is and why this is a 46-point spread when just a year ago they were on the verge of hosting the Tigers for game day. That's right, ESPN's College Game Day almost went to Syracuse to feature those two teams, and wow, have the orange fall, and we'll get into that, and then finally wrap things up with Tigers in the pros, that's right, what happened in the NFL this past week, what's going to happen this week, I'll give you the lowdown on what's going on with former Clemson players in the NFL, plenty to get to there, as T. Higgins is coming off a huge week, looking to continue his run as a major, major part of the Cincinnati Bengals offense in his rookie season. I'm your host, Brad Sinkoff. Thank you for joining me today. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brad Sinkoff. That's with a W at the end. I am currently the deputy editor at allclemson.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Network, where I write daily. Also, I also co-host the Press Box on 105.5 The Roar in Clemson. Here on this episode today, we'll start with some news and notes, some updates coming from Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney after he met with the media on Wednesday night and gave us kind of a last-second update on where his team is. Heading into the noon start against Syracuse on Saturday at Memorial Stadium, the Tigers looking to be fully funded at some point health-wise this season, and right now still not in in bad shape as they head into this. In fact, probably the healthiest they've been outside of a couple couple injuries, but there's nothing on on the one deep or maybe even the two deep depending on how you look at it, and we'll get more information, hopefully, during the game Saturday about DJ Uyangale, the backup quarterback to Trevor Lawrence, did not see action against Georgia Tech this past Saturday, dealing with some some shoulder stiffness, he was a little sore coming out of the Miami game, did not participate, not really any more insight into him in terms of what Coach Sweeney had to say yesterday, really only let you know that DJ practiced this week, uh, maybe feels like you know, he's he's getting closer, but you know, really all Coach Winnie said was that he's done well and that he had a good week. So monitor that. I don't know what that means in terms of DJ being on the field. I, I really think this would be a great week to get him out there, turn him loose, let him run the show a little bit, see how he performs uh against Syracuse and you know, kind of evaluate the quarterback situation behind Trevor Lawrence. That's really difficult right now to do because Tyson Pumachon, who injured his left hand against Georgia Tech last week, broke it had surgery. He did return to practice this week, and he's done actually pretty well handling it. And Coach Sweeney said that 
he didn't really think that he wasn't sure that he'd even see Tyson at practice this week. But he, he was out there on Tuesday and Wednesday, and he pushed through it, and Coach Williams was really proud of him. He said they built some sort of device to help protect the top of that hand. So he's still going through uh, everything he needs to do to play. Now, whether you see him in Saturday's game remains to be seen. Hunter Helms, the guy who was the beneficiary last week at Georgia Tech, I, I would expect they're going to have him ready to go against Syracuse this week. Also, in terms of working their way back, Xavier Thomas continues to get closer, and Coach Sweeney had some very positive things to say about uh, the speedy junior defensive end out of Florence, South Carolina. And, and really, Thomas had what Davis Sweeney called a tough summer. You know, he, he contracted COVID-19, then he had strep throat, and it sounds like he just wasn't able to do anything for several weeks, several months, really kind of missed almost an entire offseason, if you will. So when he got back on campus, they almost had to start from scratch and build him up uh, as if, you know, basically fall camp was his offseason, was his training time. And he spent a lot of his time over on the side, not practicing with the team, but over on the side working with trainers exclusively, just trying to get his, his health up, his cardio, his stamina, build all that up for him so that he can try to get back on the football field. And he's getting closer. You know, he played a little bit against Miami, had about 20 snaps against Georgia Tech, getting his body back to where it needs to be, Coach Winnie said. Even if he's not 100%, he's still a very good football player and somebody that Clemson wants on the field. And they like what he's doing, though. They said his mindset has been where it needs to be. And Coach Winnie said he's, quote, really turned the corner, end quote. So it sounds like very, very soon you're going to see uh, Xavier Thomas get more and more playing time. My guess is, based on how this is going to work out, is there's just no reason to speed him along. Syracuse this week, Boston College the next week, and then Notre Dame coming up after that. So really, they just need to get through October with building his stamina up, continuing to get him some reps in game, because game reps are way different than practice. And heard that from Brent Venables this past week when he put out his freshman against Wake Forest in week one. He said a lot of those guys were looking up and, and asking to come out of the game after two or three snaps because it's just the, the speed of the game. It just does not stop, and practice is different. So XT's got to build up to that and have his body ready for more you know, than, than 15, 20, 30 snaps. You have to get him ready by the Notre Dame game would be my guess as the goal right now. That seems logical to me, and probably right now, uh, when you can expect him to be turned loose. Now, I don't know if he starts the Notre Dame game, I don't know if he'll have earned the right to necessarily be over some of those other guys. Look, he's super talented. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't. I don't know if you just turn him, you know, just turn over a starting role to somebody uh, just because he he had it during the spring or he had it last season and he's trying to you know work his way back in. Miles Murphy, Justin Maskell, guys have played well. No update this week on Justin Foster. I would assume he continues to be out, and from what I've heard, this could be a lengthy time away from football and just got to continue to monitor that and see if coach Sweeney ever gives any more updates on where things are with the other defensive end the veteran there who plays on the other side of XT was supposed to be a starter also coach Sweeney updated Justin Ross who's back on the football field remember he had the congenital fusion uh, to repair a spinal condition back during uh, the summer and he has worked his way all the way back to full pads that's right Justin Ross tweeted out on Wednesday that he was back in full pads, 100% every day is is what he put out. And Coach Sweeney said it was awesome to see him out there. 
and he did all the individual receiver route versus air work. Everything that he, uh, everything that they wanted to see him do, he's able to do. He just can't have contact, but that's a big deal. The Justin Ross, I mean, this a few months ago, no one even knew if he had a football career again. And here he is in pass participating here toward the end of October. I think it's a good sign for his future, and, and certainly everyone out there I know is pulling for Justin Ross and see him back on the football field much sooner than later. Coming up next, the rise and now the fall of Syracuse football. Really thought things were getting turned around under Dino Babers, and yet the Orange, 1-4 and four entering Saturday's game against Clemson and a 46-point underdog. Unbelievable. Do you ever feel like you're always on? Like, when do you get a time to just sit back, relax, and chill for a moment? How do you like to hit the reset button to get you ready for what's next? There's only one beer for that, and it's Coors Light. It's literally made to chill. Think about that. If you're watching football, it's therapeutic for you. It's your uninterrupted me time. It's your excuse to chill and drink a beer. So why not reach for the Coors Light? It's the official beer of watching any sport for any team. It's just a great reason to drink beer. Coors Light wants fans to know there's still plenty of teams out there playing, still plenty of sports, no matter what it is. Sit back and relax and enjoy a chilled Coors Light. In fact, Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You ever been to one of those traditional chain storefronts when you need auto parts and you're like, okay, they're going to have mine in stock, no problem, only to stand in line, wait, have somebody punch a bunch of numbers into a computer, and then tell you, we don't have it. It's not even in our, our warehouse. I'm sorry, you're out of luck. You don't need to go through all that anymore. You have access to great auto parts with your computer, with your phone. You just simply go to rockauto.com, wherever you're at. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got it all. Engine control models, brake parts, tail lamps, everything you need in just a few easy clicks. And guess what? They deliver directly to your door. You don't have to mess with the busy chain front stores. Simply go to rockauto.com, check out their catalog. It's unique. It's remarkably easy to navigate. Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals as do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts of your car or truck. And then write locked on in the how did you hear about us box. That's locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Do you remember when Syracuse football was really good? Uh, I know it wasn't for any uh, long amount of time under Dino Babers, but there was you know that moment just a couple years ago that it looked like Syracuse had turned the corner. Maybe they were going to be a perennial power in the ACC. Maybe they were going to, at some point, eventually challenge Clemson. After all, they did win 10 games in 2018. Not many ACC teams can claim that. Heck, NC State can't ever do it. And their Syracuse was, in their third year under Dino Babers, getting a double-digit wins and going 6-2 and two in the Atlantic, finishing second behind Clemson. And it felt like there was a lot of shine on this program. It felt like Dino Babers was talk of the town in the ACC. I recall going to the ACC kickoff 
in Charlotte that that following year and just thought, wow, Dino, he was he was a rock star. I mean, he was popular. Everybody wanted to talk to him. And he just he talked so eloquently about just how how strong his program was and and how important that 10 win season was and, and just what it did for the morale and everything else. And you just felt like Syracuse was on the right path. Like this was it. They found their guy. And the question was not was Syracuse going to take a step back necessarily. The question was how long is Zeno going to be there? And he got asked those kind of questions at ACC kickoff back in 2019, the summer before the season started. And so it really felt like something had changed in this program. And then the step back occurred. Now, did anybody expect Syracuse to go 10-3 and three again? Probably not. I know I, I was higher on them than most, but I, I wasn't predicting 10 wins. I was thinking, you know, maybe 8. You know, maybe if they're lucky, they get back to 9. But I thought, I thought 7 or 8 was a reasonable ceiling for this team and in fact turned out to not be the case they went five and seven in 2019 and with Eric Dungy the quarterback gone they just they really couldn't figure anything out their offensive line was really poor Tommy DeVito at quarterback was sacked more than anybody else and that that front really struggled they did not have the depth and I I knew that going into last season I remember really really pouring over that team and saying gosh if they have one or two injuries up front they're in real trouble, and they did, and it happened right out of the gate. And things just really did not go well for them uh, as they were able to knock off Liberty in their first game of the season. Then they lost at Maryland, and then when they hosted Clemson in what was supposed to be ESPN game day, but that loss to Maryland, 63-20, to just stunned that. We all should have known right then what was about to happen. Clemson did not even play anywhere near its best game, and they destroyed Syracuse in the Carrier Dome 41-6 to last year. This is a Syracuse team. That you remember the first year that Dino was there, they got absolutely run by Clemson, and he stood there in front of the media and said that this was not the kind of thing that was going to happen again. Uh, that they were not going to, you know, take on a team like Clemson and lose fifty-four to nothing. That he was going to turn his program around, and that Clemson was what he is aspired his program to be. And in the next year, they go four and eight, and they kind of look like the same program. But there were some signs there of things turning around. They knocked off Clemson in what was the biggest win of the Dino Babers era. Uh, with Kelly Bryant went down with injury, and Clemson could not sustain enough offensive drives, and Syracuse really gave Brent Venables trouble with Dungy running this fast-paced offense. He was thrown on the outside to two big, tall NFL receivers and just kept Clemson off balance all night. And Syracuse earned that win. You can you can talk about you know how Kelly Bryant not playing affected the game, and it certainly did. But you can't take away from Syracuse what they did especially offensively against Brent Venables. And then last year, or then the next year, they come into Death Valley in 2018 and gave Clemson the scare of their lives. I mean, it looked like it was going to be two back-to-back upsets of the Tigers as Dino Babers and Eric Dungey and company looked like the better team for much of that game. And now Trevor Lawrence got knocked out early. Here comes Chase Bryce. You're thinking, oh boy, this is, this is, this is trouble time for the Tigers. They were undefeated at that point. But it didn't work out that way as Chase Bryce led Clemson back, hit a huge pass to T. Higgins to set up a go-ahead touchdown from Travis Etienne. Xavier Thomas gets a sack of Dungy to seal the game on the ensuing drive, and Clemson escapes with a victory. And you think, okay, that's a good Orange team. Like That's a team you're going to have to reckon with again. That's One year they beat Clemson. The next year they played Clemson down to the wire. That's a team that's really got rolling. And they finished 10-3 and three that season. And so then we get back to 2019 and things slip up. You think, okay, 
Maybe things aren't that great after all. Maybe the recruiting's just too doggone difficult for Dino. Well, here they are in 2020, one and four overall, one and three in the ACC. And again, it's hard to put your finger on all of their issues, but to me, it really starts with offense. And I talked yesterday about how they're number one in the country in turnovers, takeaways, and turnover margin. But yeah, they don't do anything when they get the ball. They are 63rd in passing. They are 74th. There are only 77 teams playing football this week, or to the point this week. 77 teams have played football. They're 74th in the country in rushing. They simply cannot do anything on the ground. And that has led them to be 68th out of 77 teams in scoring offense. They just simply aren't able to put points on the board. And it's perplexing because that's Dino Babers' side of the ball. Folks, that's what he does. He's an Art Bryles guy. He was mentor under that system. It's supposed to be fast-paced, supposed to get you off balance, supposed to take advantage of your, your linebackers if they can't read and react properly and your safeties. None of that's happening. He doesn't have the horses to do it this year. And Eric Dungy was, was a little bit of lightning in the bottom, but he was a tremendous football player. And this Syracuse team, really, really struggling right now. And you just wonder, uh, can Dino survive this? And right now, he's getting the vote of confidence and everything's, you know, everything's okay. Going to get through this. It's COVID year. I get it. They're not going to do anything. But long term, even though he just signed a couple years ago an extension, you just don't really feel good about this program right now. And they're going to go into this game against Clemson, and they're going to get absolutely rolled again. And if you're Dino Babers, you're trying to avoid a repeat of your first trip to Death Valley, that 54 nothing loss to Clemson. Coming up next, going to tell you about Tigers in the pros. One receiver had a really big weekend. A former Tiger went off last Sunday. Tell you about that. And look ahead to this week's games in the NFL. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now it's time for Thursday Tigers in the Pros, a weekly look at what's going around the NFL with former Clemson players, including T. Higgins, who is off to a really good start in his career with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, it wasn't a great start early on as his first game was a goose egg. Didn't have any catches, zero opportunities really in that one to make a play, and he did not have his first catch until Cleveland in week two, but he had three catches for 35 yards. Then the following week, he caught two touchdowns in a tie game against Philadelphia, five catches, 40 yards. The following week, it's Jacksonville, four catches, 77 yards. Let's see a trend here. Against Baltimore, a little bit of a step back, four catches, 62 yards, still averaged 15.5 yards per catch. And then this past week against the Colts in a 31-27 cover behind victory, by Indianapolis, it was really the T. Higgins party. Six catches on eight targets, 125 yards receiving, averaged 20.8 yards per catch. That's the highest of his career and also had a short run in this one uh, of two yards. 
didn't catch a touchdown. In fact, he he got he got caught. Should have been a touchdown for him in this game. Uh, but still, 125 yards for T. Higgins. You got to be impressed with his ability to catch on in the NFL fairly quickly. Build rapport with Joe Burrow in a COVID-19 weird pandemic offseason, and still find a way, you know, to to be productive early on. And I think that's what's really honestly surprised me. I I didn't think this season would be a wash for him. But I thought it might take more games than this to make that kind of impact, like getting against the Colts. But you know, AJ Green is aging. No, no pun intended there. Uh, certainly isn't somebody who is on the up and up, and you're just always concerned about injuries with him. And I just really think that the Burrow—I'm not saying they're forcing it—but the Burrow Higgins connection is the future of this franchise. And so it kind of makes sense to get him on the field more. Now he's got to know the plays, and he was set back a little bit in training camp with some injuries to his hamstring. But still, you you almost have to get him out there and force it a little bit between he and Burrow because why not? I mean, you're the Cincinnati Bengals. You picked first overall in the first round and second overall in the second round for a reason. You took Burrow and Higgins in those rounds for this exact reason. They are supposed to be doing this together. And maybe it coming together a little bit earlier than some would have thought, but I've been pleasantly impressed with that connection and what those two have done, especially how Higgins has continued to become a bigger part of the offense. Again, he went from zero catches to three catches for on six targets. He went to nine targets. He went to seven, eight, and eight in back-to-back games. So Burrow is looking his way, and things are going pretty well right now for T. Higgins. A tough 2020 continues for Deshaun Watson, the former Clemson quarterback, lost to the Titans on Sunday, 42-36. to Watson, though, completed... 28 of 37 passes for 335 yards and four touchdowns. A really big game for him. Uh, Best game of the season. Did not result in a victory. They lost in overtime to a really good undefeated Tennessee team. If you're Deshaun Watson, you're not really shaking your head coming out of that game. But it's one that the Texans could have had, maybe should have had there at the end. But it's such a good Tennessee team. Uh, Things just really, really not going well. For the Texans this year as they fell to 1-5 and five on the season. And guess what they get this week? Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers, who suffered his first loss of the season with the Packers, coming into Texans. And you gotta think, that team's gonna be bringing it, looking to shake off a loss. So that's gonna be a tough matchup this week for Houston. They're actually a 3.5 point underdog at home. Also this week in the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons couple clips of players on that squad, Grady Jarrett, A.J. Terrell, taking on the Detroit Lions. Atlanta got their first win last week, a chance to get another win against the Lions. They are favored at home, and I would expect uh, I expect Atlanta to, to win this game. And even though Detroit 2-3 and three on the season, we'll see what Jarrett and A.J. Terrell do. Some other games involving Clemson players and the pros. Talked about T. Higgins a few moments ago. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals hosting Cleveland, the Browns, 4-2 and two this year. Cincinnati looking to even the series as they lost on that Thursday night game earlier in the season when T. Higgins began his breakout run. Keep it on that one, 1 p.m. Sunday. Also Sunday, the Las Vegas Raiders, also known as Clemson West, hosting Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. And there'll be a lot of Tigers on the field in this one. Cleveland Furl, former defensive end, got a chance to go sack the great one, Brady. And also... Uh, Hunter Renfro at receiver, see how he does, and a chance to take on Tampa Bay. The uh, Vegas Raiders are 3-2 and two 
The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 4-2. and It's a 4-5 start. Also, one last game to keep an eye on. My goodness, the Jets are so bad. They get the Buffalo Bills this week, and Buffalo really good. 4-2 and start. I think, I think this is the best team that they've had in a while. I think they're going to absolutely roll the Jets, but the Jets need to continue to lose if they want to stay in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. So if you don't want to see him go to New York, start pulling for the Jets to knock off the Bills. That one coming up at 1 o'clock on Sunday. This wraps up this episode of Locked On Clemson Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Sinkoff. Thank you for joining me today. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Brad Sinkoff with a W at the end. Coming up tomorrow, talk about Syracuse and Clemson. Break that down in full. Take a look at some players to watch and what the outcome is going to look like. I'll discuss all of that in the Friday preview episode. Have a great day. Take care. Check out the Locked On College football podcast with Candace Cooper as well. Talk to you tomorrow, Tiger Nation.